Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, everybody, and welcome into today's episode of the Top Cut Yu-Gi-Oh! Podcast. My name is Sonny. I am here with my co-host, Caleb. Hello! And some random dude that walked into our studio. Yo, what's up? Alright, this is Dylan from the Team Dark Arm Dealings. It is so nice to have you back in the studio with us. What's up, my dude? Oh, not much, man. It's been a minute since I've been on, I guess, right? Yes, yes, it has been a while. It kind of feels weird coming on after you have a pack and john and honey and kobe <laughs> well you know what we needed somebody here to fill the space and you were uh, the only one available appreciate it yeah of course <laughs> of course uh but no dylan literally happened to be in the area uh and we were recording so we invited him on and it's always a pleasure to have you on uh dylan has been for the most part uh my and to a certain extent caleb's mentor since we got back in the game really so it's really wonderful to have Dylan on. He uh, he's a very very good player. He doesn't have the n- name recognition that of some other people that you might know, but uh, as, as far as our area, Dylan is as good as they come, both in and out of the game of Yu-Gi-Oh. So we try, we try. Of course. So today, uh, before we get started, we're gonna take just a moment to do. All of our usual things that we do, we of course want to thank everybody that has been using the TCG Player Affiliate link in the in the description down below. Thank all of our wonderful, wonderful patrons, which are Austin Johnson, Salix, Kane Martin, Damian Zink, Gate Guardian Support, Marshawn Jones, Master of Isa, Mr. Herbie's Witchcraft Remain 22, Zephyrus, Zephyrus, AD Aaron Gardner, Anthony Leela, Appaloosa is a Floodgate, Brandon, Dank Nugs, Invoked Fart, 
Kevin Hugh, Mountain Man, Owen Alvarado, Pig, please Konami Colossus to one. Who are you people? <laughs> Rudolph Sneakalink's Virtually Savior's World, What Does Pot of Greed Do, Chris Myers, MBT's Hard Leg, Old Man Red, Ray Powell slaking it up in Sunny Sweet. Okay, some of these are different from the last time we did this. Wait. You that, take one week off, and this is what we get we come back to? I heard Gate Guardian support. <laughs> also, yes, that's a good one, though. I, yeah. I respect that. Listen, not only do I appreciate everyone who's used our, uh, you know, everyone's using our affiliate link, but also I, I also appreciate, like, all the support that the Patreon people have been giving me. I also really appreciate the amazing names, particularly you invoked fart. I love that so much. <laughs> Please, Konami Colossus to one? <laughs> Who are you people? Who <laughs> give me a good belly laugh? Okay, so speaking of belly laughs, this is a story I did not get to tell. Oh, at the uh, yeah. This is a story I didn't get to tell on our last episode. So last episode I was kind of rushed. Um, essentially, after the 14-hour drive back, I fell asleep and we were late getting our recording started. So I was we were, I had to end the recording early because I had to make it to my son's t-ball practice. Yes. So. It really do be like that sometimes. That's on me. I take that L. That's fine. But now I get to tell this amazing story. So we're at the YCS. And Billy Brake is there. He's in full like suit and tie. He's there commentating the YCS on the live stream. And they have this huge curtain set up behind the judges table. And that's where every that's where all like the staff goes and like when they need a break or you it's, know it's the backstage of the actual stage itself. Basically. Exactly, exactly. Well, right at the very end, right after finals, I walk up and I say, "Hey, um, I was hoping that I could get Billy to sign this. Is he available?" And the lady said. Uh, I don't know. He's kind of busy. And then I showed her what I wanted him to sign. It was a very old ARG token of Billy as X-Saber Airbellum. And she looked at it and she saw it and she said, I'll be right back. And so she takes the token. She takes a Sharpie. She walks back there and the curtain is not like entirely blacked out. Like I can still kind of see through it. And all of a sudden, I see her walk up to somebody. He looks at her, holds his hand up like he's going to say no. And then he sees what it is. And I see him put his hand on his stomach and give a full leaning back belly laugh. Just laughing hysterically. It was the best. And then I see him lean down and start signing it. It was great. <laughs> I, it was really a highlight moment So of the event for me anyway. Um, Caleb, did you have any like just highlight moments like that of the event? Uh, and they just stood out to you. Uh, the only thing that stands out really is the is the one time I had Nib Valor. No, that's a, that's always a moment to remember. Ex- especially the way my opponent took it. Just you go, it, he literally just very calm and went, "Oh no," <laughs> and then just kind of slowly put his head in his hands. Like in, uh, in like the video of the Digimon player who just like wipes his whole board clear, yeah. and then he just kind of like with one with one hand, like his head still in like one of his hands, just kind of picks up his cards and lays them on top of each other to kind of <laughs> pick, pick up them the board up to put them in the graveyard. That's not as bad as Austin. Austin was sitting down round four, and he was playing against somebody. And keep in mind, Austin's playing Striker, 
Well, he wins game one, and his his opponent goes uh, first game two. Goes full Tenny Sword Soul Fiber Axe combo. I mean, the dude went nuts, right? So, dude goes nuts. He ends on an end board of literally Baron, Chi Shao, um, the Des uh, Draco Berserker, and uh, Herald of the Arclight. Jesus. Austin looks down at his hand and goes, I'm sorry. Dark Ruler no more. And the guy goes, oh, man, that is unfortunate. Okay. And Austin goes, right, Geki? <laughs> <laughs> that dude was sick. You know what seemed funnier than that? Regeki? Negate. Regeki? I did that at the last regional. That happened to me. Yeah, I would say my highlight from the event was... um. Seeing me, and, me on the live stream. Uh, that, that was pretty fun, yeah. But me and Cameron got a some uh spinach alfredo pizza yeah yeah, yeah we were yeah. chilling bro yeah it was, I was a great event a, i was gonna, i was hoping you'd be like you weren't at the event <laughs> i was just gonna make like a whole thing <laughs> no 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 yeah. uh, there was one point where like you because like they had tvs where you could see like what they were showing like on the actual stream and i noticed oh austin's like just in frame uh-huh and i'm standing right next to him I, and i'm not in frame so i just kind of slowly raise my hand up behind him with two fingers <laughs> <laughs> you just see austin with the bunny ears yep just kind of very slowly peering to frame <laughs> i personally you know my other highlight from the event was honestly um Dylan buying me a Spellgrounds playmat from a thousand miles away. It was great. Heck yeah. <laughs> it was a great moment. Yeah, uh, it felt really good to sell those metas and the, the breaker for sure. So yeah, I appreciate the, uh, yeah, well, you know, uh, it, it was only about three grand worth of freaking <laughs> cards. Yeah. CP metas, TP breaker. Oh, just given to someone that he barely knows. I don't. Know, I don't know about barely knows. A thousand miles away. Oh, you're talking about me giving them to somebody we barely know. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, that's well, made, that's about being vendor. I made sure. I made sure, like before you walked away, I got the PayPal transfer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For sure. Wise. So let's go ahead and get on into the actual meat of today's episode, which is. Let's do a little bit of meta analysis and we're going to have to do something that we don't normally do here and try to discern the future. We're going to have to try to navigate the stars here. We're going to have to try to really look forward and see what the game's going to be like cuz in 5 days fella or 6 days we must peer into the elder scrolls of 6 days from now cuz in 6 days this entire game gets flipped turned upside down whether let's we get hope, a ban list or not let's hope we don't go blind a lot of people are not going to get that reference but the few that will are going to really respect it <laughs> um no so for those that don't know even though we just had YCS Charlotte and it feels like the meta is more like um firm now than it ever has been in a five or six days we are gonna have the introduction of the despia structure deck <sighs> why are you laughing over there i was laughing at what uh, caleb was just doing i saw it in the corner of my eye <laughs> oh well, it caleb was always worth laughing at <laughs> oh no because i was just sitting there in my head 
Dovahkiin, Alexin Dosfarin. Just in my head. Just a little Skyrim music just playing in his head. I wonder if I can find Skyrim lo-fi for our recording. It exists. I used to listen to it. Of course you did. Of course you did. <laughs> All right. Well, let, let's first talk about what the current meta looks like, because I think that right now we can say that we have a really good understanding of the meta as a whole, right? We know what the best decks are as a, for the most part. We know what the good rogue decks to look out for are. And we pretty much know what our siding patterns should be. But the issue is in six days, all of that's out the window. Yep. Potentially. We finally have the data. But now we're going to have to throw it all out. Pretty <laughs> much. We have a great sample size, lots of information, lots of tournament reports. And in six days, it's all useless. Yeah, I think the biggest change within like six days is probably the uh, the fact that Super Polys, like in a majority of decks, like for a little bit. It will uh, be, yeah. Yeah. Um, Such a good call. What if one of the things I did on this ban list was ban Super Poly? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well. Dude, I'm just playing PK still, dude. <laughs> just, just to troll the the, de- the all the people who like bought all the Despia stuff because they were expecting to be able to Super Poly everything away. Caleb, I hate you so much right now. Why is that? Do you have any idea how hard I'm working to not sing the Skyrim song? You're welcome. And see, when you said that, I heard, you're welcome. Like, I'm here in the Skyrim tomb, but my man. And the people that are, like, listening at home are not going to have that. Because they're going to, like, in every little break, they're going to hear that nice little lo-fi beat that we have going in the background. Or they're going to have, like, our intro in their head. Like, welcome to the top cut. Welcome to the top. And we don't have that. Because all that's added in post. Right. All we have is each other. (laughs) And the Skyrim theme song. Okay, so let's talk about what the best decks are right now. I I think it's pretty clear cut what the best deck in the room is at any given event. And right now, that is... Caleb, it's on you. Uh, 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 Prank Kids? Yes, that is Brave Prank Kids specifically. Brave Prank Kids, Destiny Hero. Brave Kids, Hero, Pile, Souls, Souls, Rose Dragon. No, 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 no. not in that deck. And Knuckles featuring Dante from Devil May Cry. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> and some kid with a key for a sword. But I think Prank Kids is the best deck in the room right now. I don't think that's really debatable. The ability to have one-card starters that are in, like, every hand, plus the ability to run the entire Brave package and still be able to run, like, ten hand traps is just actually cracked. I would actually, like... I'm not going to disagree with you. I definitely think it's the best deck, right? But, like, I feel like there's, like, a reason, right? And I think the reason is, like... Um, if you look at like the decks that play Brave, because like I think the best deck in the room is like the deck that can play Brave the best, right? Right, that's a fair assessment. Um, and if you look at the Prank Kids deck, it's like essentially a bunch of one card starters. So like the vehicle for the Brave deck is like better with the Prank Kid deck because the one cards get you to the entire deck and like. Versus like family, it's you need two cards to do the combo. Versus like um, the uh, pile decks, you need two cards to do the combo. Um, versus like uh, flunder. Flunder is different. I think flunder is a meta call. Um, I don't necessarily think it comes into this. It's just good against brave, and it has good 
right uh pieces versus the current meta so it, it's a it's a good meta call because it can counter those decks um but as a whole i don't think prank kids are doing anything that's stronger than anything else i think that it's doing something better which is playing the brave engine in a way like if you look at pile deck they were taking advantage of the brave engine in like a way that no other deck was doing and they were using like the token and the griffin for synchro material right right but if you look at the prank kid deck it's using it to chain block which is like the original like insane thing about their field spell right um but when you're able to do that consistently and you're able to get into cards like access code and then like also still be able to like if all things go wrong make predator plant or if all things go right and you have the perfect hand make predator plant on top of your board right it, it, it's like a perfect storm really um and the ability to play all the hand traps it can um i just i think like uh another thing that kind of came to, together for this deck at this event was that people were kind of on the mindset and if you look like some of the really good players like cody and the guy that won also they were playing a side deck back row removal like twin twister um Twin right. Twister really hurts prank kids in a way like negating revolt hurt hurt tri brigade. Yeah. Um because if you twin twister their their pandemonium in the standby in the standby, like they have no like insane tempo swing plus like a an interaction. Um <clears throat> so there's a couple things that went for it. I, I definitely think it's a really good deck, and I definitely think it's probably the best deck by uh a pretty substantial margin. Um, I guess I really don't disagree. <laughs> that was a whole. I also just want to add that in time they also gain life points and burn, which can be very relevant even with the new extended forty-five minute time rules. Yeah, like because like games will still go into time even at forty-five minutes. Um, in which point prank just kind of wins. Unless they're planning against Tri Brigade, and tri- I mean not Tri Brigade. Unless they're planning against Sword Soul, and Sword Soul has the turn. <laughs> yeah, burn. Yeah, burn. Yeah, yeah. It's like time. The rail's been called. Okay, cool. Long one effect. Ma- battle phase. Good game. Yes. That's all I got to do. I enjoy this deck. Long one. Long one fun. Long one's a hell of a card. Hey, the whole sp- whole deck is really good. And but until a little goblin shows up and just ruins your day. You know what my favorite, possibly my favorite revelation to come out of this event was, though? Was that? I gotta say, I really, really like the advent of the adventure pile deck being reduced down to like a 40 card deck. Like the Cody Angeloff, Jesse Cotton build where they labbed it with Asala and stuff. I think that's a very cool deck. That's actually something I had brought up. It wasn't in the same fashion, but that was something I brought up with Joe and Trevor because they're playing the Elder Scrolls right. deck. And like when I play test against them and when that when they play in tournaments and see them play, I just felt like the Elder Engine wasn't doing the Elder Engine. It was like there's one thing it does and I, I'm uh, I've realized this like thinking it out and like trying to lab this deck but I had an idea for a deck that just played the Cyvers package adventure package souls and hand traps it's essentially right. the deck they're playing except it's playing the uh, rose dragon stuff yeah the Cyvers, right? so like the idea I had was the Cyvers package but then I ran into this issue where it's like okay the reason the Elledge deck is good 
And the reason that like the Elledge fits right there is because it gives him a consistent line to kill, which you still have Celine, right? But I, I feel like maybe, you know, um, I'm wrong, but like... I mean, you are, but continue. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like there's like probably like kind of awkward to OTK on the crackback on turn three. Right. I see um, what you're saying. But when you really think about it, as long as you have your adventure engine mm -hmm. online and then any number of synchro plays online, realistically, you should be winning that game. Even if it gets a little grindy. Yeah. The deck is capable of being grindy due to the nature of the recurring negate as well as the synchro viability of the deck. But even when you think about it, just token plus griffin is 4K. Yeah. At any given point in time. In time. Plus... When you think about it, what level is Luna? Four. Or Snow? Snow. Four. Okay. So Snow plus your Rose Dragons is seven, mm -hmm. which is your Shooting Riser play or your Black Rose right. play. The, the ability of the deck to climb, and mm -hmm. then you can make a seven, and then the Rose gets you another Rose, yeah. and that's a 10. And then you also have the Basil Rose Shoot. Mm -hmm. I mean... Or the basil basil rose shoot is that what the the spell card is? Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is a monster reborn. So the ability to climb so easily. I mean, mm -hmm. just going rose dragon with snow. Yeah. Make a seven. Search basil rose shoot to make a ten or mm -hmm. to make another seven. Yeah. Right, because then you can, you can bring back snow again. You can do that as much as you want. Right. Or if you want to do it for your first play and use maybe the adventure token because it's level four, then you can do Rose Dragon adventure token, make shooting mm -hmm. riser, send snow, right? Right. It's just, I think that the options that, that you have with that deck are just innumerable right. in a fun way. But the, the biggest question about the deck, in my opinion, is, is it bad or rad? I think it's, I think it's really good, right? I'm not saying it's not good. I'm saying no, no, like, no, 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 no. Oh. Is it black rose adventure uh, dra uh dpe or is it rose drag or is it is it wait was it rose dragon adventure dpe or black rose adventure dpe is it bad or rad i think rad i think rad i think it's pretty yeah i would, I would go with that yeah that's why my that's why that comment has so many likes on pax video oh <laughs> No, I don't want you to like think I'm think I'll send the decks back because it's definitely not. It's a very good deck, and it was a very well made deck for the format. And the use of cherries was I, so nice. I, I just think that like the issue is like uh, unless you like completely stop your opponent and they don't crack your board at all, you burn through those rose dragons. You burn through that stuff, so you can't. I think that the them. ability of ending on that many interruptions though is pretty significant. Yeah, usually you can end on like six interruptions. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you're usually going to end with as hard end as you go on combo. You're usually going to end on Griffin Rider plus two snow uses plus two to three, at least two to three other interactions from the extra deck. Sometimes you can even end on like a Lina and then search Nib. Like, I, I feel like the plays that they were, they were talking about was like, you go Adventure Token, right? Uh, summon a rose dragon, get griffin, summon griffin, make uh, baron, rose, summon, search basil, make shooting riser with the seven right there, and then like you can use shooting riser to send snow, send snow, but you can't use snow to turn. Why? Because oh, shooting, shooting riser. riser, 
Um, so then you have the basil rose shoot. So if you have the soles, you can go to a needle fiber play, maybe. You want to hear the, the, the coolest, neatest interaction in the deck, in my opinion? What are you talking about the uh, Selene thing? No. Uh. You can go snow and use the token. Oh, you can bash token. Yeah, that makes sense. I saw you get a look. Can you? Yes, you can. Because the banished is not an actual place. It's not a defined zone. Oh, so, so you, you can, cannot even, send a token to graveyard for cost, like, and you can't send it somewhere else for cost. But, but you, can you can banish it for cost because oh. it's not a defined zone. That's so weird. That is, that is weird. Like when you said it at first, I was like, "Oh yeah, of course." And I was like, "Wait, it doesn't actually." Get <laughs> I saw banished. the look on your face. Like, wait a minute. No, you can't. You can't like send to graveyard for cost if. But Banish Zone yeah. is not a defined zone. It's just not in the game. And because tokens don't exist, they can't be sent to Graveyard for cost. But ha ha ha, the Banish Zone's not the Graveyard! <laughs> so so you can use the Adventure token. So it works because Konami has literally said nothing about it. It works because Konami said it works. Yeah, it's because because Konami said so. Why can't literally. you activate Interrupted Kaiju Slumber if there's a Kaiju on board? Because Konami said so. Exactly. <laughs> Why doesn't Reborn Tengu and Sangan get their effects if they get detached from an Exceeds material? Because Konami said so. Well, because Exceeds materials aren't on the field. Because Konami said so. Fair. Okay, right. I'll, I'll let you have that one. That's fine. Okay, originally they said it worked, but then they said it didn't. Well, so there was... I don't know why. I think Okay, it's there's I, lore here, and I know what you're going to say. There is lore here. Go ahead. Like, Joe... Because I've been around Joe's boomer brain for a long time um he was like playing back in the day competitively and, i was uh, too i remember when this happened it, they they originally said that sangan got his effect off of uh, material right which is why they which is why everybody was convinced that chaos agents were the yeah. best deck in the game but the thing was sangan has always said when this card is sent from the field to the graveyard that's not true but continue i'm pretty sure that's not true continue like i might be wrong but like the tarot pack one says it I'll look it up real quick. Okay. Uh, Caleb, you're not going to see the original errata text in the TCG database. The very original text of Sangan from the Japanese version of the game released in the early or the mid 90s said if this card is sent to the graveyard. The Japanese version. Way back in the day. That's why Exodia was the best deck early. Thank you. Make a capital G. That's how I know that. And which was the same thing. If it was sent to the graveyard, not from field. If it was sent to the graveyard, period, you're both Googling furiously. I sure am. Anyway, so before, <laughs> while this is loading. Um, while this is loading. That's so uh, terrible, and neither of you believe me. Original Sangan so Japanese text, go. They didn't have a uh, defined, because XCs were new at the time. I'm aware, yes. Yeah, they didn't have a defined thing for XCs material where it actually is, and they eventually got rolled as it's in limbo, it's not on the field, it's not anywhere, it's like the banished zone, like you're saying. Correct, right it does not have a defined place. Um, so, uh, yeah, Sangan wouldn't get the effect off of it. Right. All I'm saying is, it's very, it's a very funny little interaction. I'm looking at the Mail Raiders copy right now. 
I said not, I did not say the Metal Raiders text. I said if you look at the original text from the TCG, mm-hmm. it will not say that. But if you look at the original oh. Japanese text from five years before, it was if it was sent at any point from anywhere to the graveyard. Not once per turn, you got the search. It was more broken. And last will interacted with that exactly how you think it did. Yeah. That's why Exodia was tier zero in the OCG for like six months. And then they all got errated before they even got to the TCG. Hmm. Bet you didn't know that, idiot. No, I didn't know that. <laughs> it's okay. Most people don't. Thank you, Mega Capital just... G. Which, by the way, Mega Capital G met him at YCS Charlotte. My favorite person to meet. He was so wholesome. Caleb is still Googling furiously. Yeah, I just found it. It says when this when this car is sent to the graveyard. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I mean, the Japanese text, right? But like... I don't know. I just feel like the, this TCG OCG thing, right? But... Right. But yeah, 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 the no, point yeah, is, yeah, I'm yeah. right, you're wrong, get over it. But yeah, no, no, he, but yeah, no, G, <laughs> G-G-Y-G-O w- was correct. Wait, what? Not you. The, wait, uh, wait, wait uh, when did Gary come into this? What yeah, happened yeah, here? No, 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 it was G-G who said that, right? Who said what? The, who told you about the original text? Mega capital G. Thank you. I get my G's mixed up. You're both G's. Dang, G. You're not. What? <laughs> what? There's like a whole three words before that Gito. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, but yes, and the, the he 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 was correct. The original Japanese text just said when sent to graveyard. Mega Capital G does like a lot of research on his cards. I would assume that his that he's correct. So, okay, but we all agree Prankids is the best deck. We all agree that the Rad deck is very very cool. Um. What I think one of the other biggest revelations for me coming out of this was the use of the the use of winter cherries, which is something that makes a lot of sense the more you think about it. But it's interesting that it's really starting to make its way back into the meta, right? Huh? What? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, you know, like winter cherries is. Probably one of the mo- probably one of the more underrated hand traps, particularly if you're the kind of crazy person to I don't know run two Preda plants. Dylan is actually crazy because <laughs> you know they can winter cherry one of your opponent's Preda plants away, then they have to hard draw their one Preda plant, and then they have to hard draw into uh, Fusion Destiny, or even funnier. Wait, uh, so that way you can winter cherry your opponent's one Preda plant. You winter don't lose banishes. your. You don't lose yours. You just reveal it. Oh, I thought you lost it. Uh-oh. I thought you lost. I thought both players lost all copies. Oh, that's so much more broken. Oh, never thought. mind. Never mind. So, she is how much I've read the effect. Actually, read the effect on Winter Cherry. Now, doesn't it? Yeah, I was a. Uh, I remember when that card came out and Burning Abyss was like insane, but unfortunately, I, at the time, it was. It wasn't impactful enough to play. Like, you would think hitting Dante would be really good. But, like, it was because of the fact that after they made the first Dante, they really didn't make, need to make the second one. Um, like, drawing it late game didn't matter. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. But, but right now, the ability to hit your opponent's DPE, which most only, you know, the ability to hit your opponent's DPE 
the ability to hit the doodle doo or the meow meow depending on who you are and what you're playing and how you're playing it and like, which and like i think doodle is actually the better hit there but that's just yeah. me and, yeah but then also like being able to just hit like in the mirror uh like let's say you're playing sword soul against your opponent's sword soul you can like get rid of um chi their chi Right, right. Or you can get rid of Baron. Yeah, or get rid, just try to get rid of their Baron. Which, although I gotta be honest, I think that my pick there is probably is probably gonna be Monk of the Tenny. Fair enough. Or or, or Halky Five Racks. Yeah. Or like even with my own personal experience with PKs, I could just in a PK mirror match, I could just go reveal Rusty. You lose your Rusty. Yeah. Good luck. Granted, there's still lots of things they can do without Rusty Bardiche, but they lose easily. What? What do you think? Like two thirds of their uh, combo lines without Rusty? Um, I don't know about two thirds, but they do lose a good bit. They, they lose a lot of steam there. But yeah, like being able, yeah, like being able to just you know hit a big you know hit a big main extra deck engine hit uh IDP hitting uh you know one of their combo pieces. Hitting so, <laughs> hitting Halka Fibrax. Yeah. Um, just as an example is ridiculous. Yeah, definitely. I think the uh, another thing is like uh, it, it, so DPE itself is such a hard card to get rid of, and like Cherry's like getting rid of the issue, being like a three of like um, that you can use to generically stop it from happening and getting onto the board and sticking and just floating between the graveyard and the field um is really good but i think that's like the main thing with um cherries though is like hitting dpe because like unless you're playing thunder you're not going to have that much room to play like other targets to be honest with you like you you could maybe fit like two or three and then like already have the targets for the mirror match in your deck um but uh Besides that, like, well, I think like a good example is the sort the luxury sword soul player that topped with siding one DPE one doodle do right, and with three cherries, he wasn't siding any back row hate, but I mean that's pretty good too, you know. Yeah, I, I think like if I were to side cherries, like that's what I'd do. Cut I'd the like, back row hate and then side like a DPE and a... Well, no, I probably wouldn't cut the back row hate. Um, but, like, if you're using that as your card that to stop a deck, you side it against a deck that it stops. Like, right. hitting the DPE hurts. Hitting the... Obviously, hitting the doodle do for prank it hurts, too. Right. But, like, at that point, do you really need to sign anything else? You know what I mean? Like, you just... Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah, that's just... That just makes a whole lot of sense. Um, particularly against a, a a deck like that where, you know, it, it's better to just kind of stop them than as opposed to just kind of letting them go full board and then attempting to stop their back row. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Like, just stop them for even get, getting to, the po- to that point. Yeah, I mean, that totally makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but I think that's enough on, on us gushing on winter cherries out of nowhere. Yeah. The other decks that really surprised me it was actually pretty surprising to me that sword soul tangy had like i want to say it was four was it four in top cut five five it was five in top cut and then four fluanderese and five eldlich 
So, I think the Elledge, uh, like I said before, like people are cutting like back row move out of their side decks right. because of the whole um, back row decks are bad stigma because of the Brave Token Engine and stuff. Which it, it is true. Like uh, Griffin Rider, or not Griffin Rider, um, Draco Back is really good at bouncing floodgates. Yeah. Um, but like when you have something like that where you have this idea that the player base is on and you know people will come in and counter that idea with like right. this so like you're n you i know you're not playing this this is gonna bubble up now this is mm -hmm. gonna come up um personally like twin twisters never left my side deck neither has ready reboot because of the fact that like i feel like twin twister is such a good card into prank kids and into flunder that it's really hard for me to cut um, because you can yes. hit the map and the Dreaming Town, and against Prank Kids, they or can't... Or potentially the Quick Spell. Yeah, against Prank Kids, they can't, like, play around it. Like, they might set two to play around Cosmic, but they're not going to be able to play around the Twin Twister. Right. Um, so, like, that was my whole thing with that. And Red Reboot's just such a good card against, like, back row decks, and having one of it in the side deck is not hindering me at all. I'd rather not use it all day and still have it there. Because right. it's such a good card. I would also, I would argue though, as far as the Twin Twisters goes, that when you play Twin Twister into the Prank Kids board, that they usually have the Griffin Rider negate to deal with that. And then even so, you Bro, say... just have the Ghost Ogre. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you say, well, okay, but they have the Griffin Rider negate. But, right? I think that's a fair assessment. But when you think about it, they still have Double Rikeki once you've eaten through the Griffin Rider. Right. Yeah. So it's still pretty crusty, I think. Anyway. Yeah. So uh, I mean, I, I've, I mean, I mean, for uh, like for the past, uh, actually since I started playing PK, I've been siding Cosmic Cyclone and then and Red Reboot because I don't like Eldritch. Right. Uh, I don't like Set Five Pass. When it happens to me, I don't like Set Five Pass. Let me. Let me requantify that. <laughs> I love set five pass, but not what ha not, not what it happens to me. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. I love. I will. I will say though, I cheered the heck out of it at the uh, event. Yeah, that uh, was. I could not believe when I heard the crowd going wild because he said we were five we were all sitting there in game one going, oh, he's playing Eldritch, and then they were like, oh, it's Cyrus Eldritch, right? And then you heard the murmurs when people went, no, no. It's Monkey Eldritch. <laughs> <laughs> and then when he sets five and passes at the start of game two, you hear the whole crowd erupt into thunderous cheering. And then at the very end, after all the cheering gut dies down, if you go back and watch the VOD, you can hear one guy go, it's a work of art. You can hear him say that. <laughs> it's hilarious. Oh, man. It, and it was such it was such a wonderful experience being getting to be a part of that. That was, man, that was wild. <laughs> You know what I mean? Oh my god. Yeah, for um, sure. It was definitely a great, great moment. Yeah. So uh, I think I think though that seeing Flunder there is an interesting um is an interesting one to see. Dude, Shifter is a heck of a card. Yeah, but I think the also the ability to use um I think the, also the ability to use, like I said, the the winter cherries package is super impactful and flunder really uniquely plays into board states with things like the the barrier statue rise rise just being able to play on your opponent's turn is such a big deal but also just straight up not caring about what's in their extra deck right right 
you know, so they can just fold their extra deck with just random stuff that they think they might see. Uh, right. You know, DPs. They could like throw in Chijals, Barons, uh, Halka Fibrax, Selene, Verte, uh, stuff they just don't want to deal with. You know what I mean? Right. For just sure. Stu- stuff that extra deck with stuff with uh, stuff like that and get rid of it. Definitely. So your extra deck almost becomes a uh, pseudo hand trap at that point. Yeah, it really does. On top of being fuel for a pot of prosperity and pot of extravagance. Right. Also, something else that I think is worth mentioning is there was a couple of appearances by some really rogue decks like Striker. Striker is a deck that I really thought would be a lot more impactful with Engage and now the Adventure Engine. But truly, am I crazy for thinking that Engage could go to two? Yes. I'm going to have to agree yes. I think Uh, Engage to two would not be the craziest or worst thing that ever happened. Honestly, it's a two in Master Duel, and it's not that big a deal. Oh, no, it is is extremely a big deal, especially with, like, three Kigari. (laughs) No, 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 no. Uh... You definitely don't want engage to two. Uh, the fact that like engage to two means like I could essentially like engage on my turn, right? Uh huh. And then like get it back with Kagari, and then end phase Shizuku for a second one, right? Right. And like, um, so. It just makes the crackback, like the follow-up turn, so much more impactful and like hard to just win through. Like it's insane. Yeah. Like having them just have two engage on top of like already like stopping your plays or you know with hand traps or whatever. Yeah, for sure. Um. Um. But no, I definitely don't think engage should come back to two. Uh, that might sound crazy to some people. I just mm-mm, mm-mm. the beauty of like engaging and then drawing into engage should never happen again. <laughs> it should never happen again. That is the sort of um, of gluttony that no mortal should ever experience. I mean, that's fair. Like, seriously, that's that's awful. <laughs> Especially, wait, is, is engage not once per turn? No, it is not. That's that's even more disgusting then. Wow, what on earth? Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like as far as Striker itself, though, it, <clears throat> you know, because like it can very easily run the adventure package. Um, it's also unique in that they don't need a Dagda to Scythe Lock, if I'm remembering correctly. No, they do. No, there's it, a- it's Drytron. Okay, yeah, no. no there's no, there's like Drytron and another deck that just kind of don't need Dagda to Scythlock, and I don't remember what the other one is. Doesn't matter. Drytron also not needing Dagda to Scythlock you is funny. Very. Funny is the word. Oh, very. It's kind of it's like how, um, how in uh, PK I don't need my DPE to pop the Scythe. Right. You know, if I activate DP and then my opponent change Imperm uh, or Veiler, which has ha- which happened this past weekend, I could just go, okay, cool, Fogblade targeting uh, 
uh, break sword. So I should break sword in the zone in a, a zone that Rusty points. Effect Rusty popped the scythe. Boom, got my scythe lock anyway. Yeah. All right, let's take just a moment before we go any farther to thank our sponsor, ETB Games in Alexandria, Louisiana. ETB is your one-stop shop for all of your card game needs. They have, of course, everything that you need for Yu-Gi-Oh, Pokemon, Magic the Gathering, and all of that. So, be sure to stop by ETB Games if you need any deck boxes, sleeves, play mats, binders, or anything of the sort. And also, if you need anything for your tabletop gaming needs, be sure to check them out. They sell clickety clack dice, lots of them. I wish you hadn't said that like that. For all for all of you dice goblins out there like myself. <laughs> I apologize for anyone whose ears I blew out with that, but I've always wanted to just go full dice goblin right there. Anyway. But yes, do check them out. Uh, super cool, super cool place with super cool people. We're there. Absolutely. We're there sometimes. Absolutely. Anytime we can be. Oh, yeah. Dylan, you're an ETB sponsored player. Do you have a date for us for the oh, uh, April Battle Battle City Monthly? Uh, so, um, he. It's probably anticlimactic. Uh, I, I, he doesn't have a prizing made for it yet, and I'm not really sure if he's wanting to do it because he doesn't want to do it for nothing. Uh, he likes to right. go with like, there's always these case tournaments going on in Shreveport, and now and they're in regionals. And he, well, with with Nick being kind of like a um, or ETB being like a new shop or whatever, his right. vendor he can't really get as like allocate as much product as he'd like. So right. it's really hard to like say like a case uh, on the, for a tournament and stuff like that. Uh, he likes to usually go for like expensive, like high-end collector cards, right? Uh, for prizing, and he doesn't have any right now, so we don't really know what we're doing with it or not. Um, but if it does uh, happen, I'm sure I'll, I'll let Caleb and Sonny know so they can announce on the podcast. It's supposed to be on the thirtieth, but more to come on that. Obviously, follow the ATB page, follow their. Uh, Yep, you the can website, find them on Facebook. Facebook and the website. The link is in the description down below. Um, so. But uh, we, we just don't know exactly yet. There is another case tournament happening happening in Mendenhall for Ghost of the Past 2 uh, on the 30th. And I believe that's the only available day. So if they do end right. up having one, we'll not go that. We'll be over there and it'll definitely fire. But that's if Nick finds a prize for it before them. Right, right. So... With all of that said, be sure to check out ETB Games, and let's get back on the, into the main core. So, yeah. I want to do take just a moment. We've got about 15 or 20 minutes left. I want to talk about the ban list. So, right now we have... Well, let, let's talk about the giant el- invisible elephant in the room. Yeah, for sure. So, I want to I talk a little bit about the ban list. The ban list right now is kind of in an interesting spot, and well, it, I mean, so like one of the biggest issues right now with the ban list is because of the of the uh, clashback, flashback, backlash, backlash. That's the word because of the backlash they got uh, for the last ban list because the date on the website said no earlier than this date, and it was like four or five days after, or like a week after that, before finally the ban list people were. They got a lot of backlash for that. Um, now, the date did say no earlier, meaning it could be later. That was, like, the earliest possible date, and people took that as that is the day. So that, so now they've just said at some point. 
in the month of April. So we should be getting that any minute now. I say as I look at my non-existing watch on my arm that no one else can see because we're because we're full video, full audio right now, <laughs> no video. <laughs> non-existent watch that nobody can see. Well, who knows? I might actually have a watch and just no one can see it. I'm lying to, to you all. I don't know why, why I would lie about having a watch. Any who's a whatsums. So, I mean, as far Any as... Any who's a whatsums. Any who's Let's a whatsums. go. All right, what, are, what do we think are the problem cards right now? Like, realistically. <sighs> okay, so... Scythe itself... Well, let's, let's, let's start with Scythe. Let's go in reverse alphabetical order. Not really. Let's, let's start with Scythe. So, Scythe is kind of a problem. Not as big as a problem as I was expecting it to be, personally. Uh, how about y'all? Were, were y'all expecting to be a bigger problem? Or? I think that as the format grows and the adventure engine gets stronger and stronger, people are realizing that they can put out in a gate without Scythe. And so Scythe is maybe falling out of the prominence that it once had. I, I Don't get me wrong. It's still a great combo, and you're going to see it at every single tournament you go to. But it's not the end-all, be-all meta problem that people thought it was going to be. Yeah, I mean, it could have been worse, uh, probably, but hey, you know, negates, bro. I think Scythe uh, kind of felt out of favor because of everybody playing all the hand traps. Uh, also, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, and the specific deck that really sh it shines in, which is the PK deck, um, people just being able to go... Um, um, People being able to go Valor Nib essentially for like wandering and like on just have them end on which again the reason why I started playing the the Fanlight deck is because like even through Valor Nib you still end on like two interactions possibly with the Fog Blades right which is really good versus other decks just not ending on anything um and then um also with PK even if after you get nibbed if they nib you in the wrong spot you can just still climb into Verte and make DP. Yeah, the, the thing is, like, most people nib you when you make Verte, though, so you have to make, be playing yeah. the second Verte. Um, but, like, also, like, um, uh, so people were playing the the decks that aren't PK, um, and I think the issues really are, uh, I think Dagda being an extra deck monster, making Scythe available at any point that you can put two monsters on the board, Making it consistent, essentially, is the issue. And I also think um, another issue with the format is Celestial. I don't think people look at Celestial a lot. I, I think people, like, let it, like, roll over their head. But, like, I think the thing is, like, um, they, they create this huge board. And if it was just DPE coming back as, like, a Scrap Dragon, right, it's not that crazy. But the fact that they get a new hand, essentially, with Celestial, because they draw one for turn, then they get two more for Celestial, is insane. And yeah, I, think I, I really think that Celestials... I, I, at the turn... Okay, before I went to YCS, and before these two regionals, I was like, people that say Celestials, the problem are nuts. There's no, no, Celestial is an issue. It's like Destiny Hero Disc Commander, but like slightly worse, but still really good. Listen, listen, but before these events... I had an inkling that Celestial's an issue because there have been games that I should absolutely not have won, but because Celestial activates to give me those extra two cards, plus the possible dash or special summoning a monster for free, 
was just ridiculous. Um, particularly if I top decked into like a Nibiru, effective dasher, especially Nibiru. Three, three, three K beat stick effect draw two on top of that. That it's excessive. It's a lot. Cause you know, the free pot of greed. Ugh. Yeah. Um, I, I think the crackback of uh celestial being able to draw two is insane and it should not it, it's the issue in my opinion i think dp is a really good card it's the it issue is, with the engine yeah it's definitely a banimal card itself but i think celestial is way better yes um, you see it's like i've it's like tatsum said at some point it's not that you can um how do i say this like the dragoon engine you had an S tier boss with D tier bricks and with the with the with the DPE engine, you have an A tier boss with A tier bricks. Right? Right. So it, it it just makes the entire engine so much stronger. I actually think DP is better than <laughs> Dragoon. This too. is a whole debate for another day. That's another day. That's another one of those Aphelousas is not a floodgate floodgate debates. <laughs> By the way, everybody, in case you're wondering, this man right here is the origin of that debate. Uh, I I personally believe Aphelousa acts like a floodgate. This is, we are not doing this right now. We're I'm not a, doing just, it. I'm we have ten minutes. We have statement. nine minutes left. We are not debating Aphelousa. That's fine. I'm just making a statement, bro. I'm just saying that you're wrong. I mean, you can have your opinion, and that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm, I'm just going to say Appaloosa is not a continuous effect, or for not a floodgate. I want an episode, actually, where I get to explain my whole theory behind, like, the the, the card game and why, I, why it leads up to why Appaloosa is a floodgate. I don't have an entire episode to explain why you're wrong. I'm not dedicating an hour to your... Look, I have I have very thought out, solid theory on this. I am not dedicating an hour to you being <laughs> bass backwards. Oh, yeah? it's, I, I'm not doing it. It's, it's, as, it's as my dad would say. I ain't got the time or enough crayons to explain it to you. Yeah, I don't have enough crowns to feed you, my friend. Oh, wow. So, like, look, look, all jokes aside, I'm not trying to convince you, obviously. So, like, it's just, at this point, I feel like it's like a meme between us, right? Like, it in, the, in the is. thing. So, obviously, you got a Patreon up, loose the floodgate. Hey, shout out to that guy. Um, I know who you are. <laughs> Patreon has your address. I know who you are. <laughs> I'm going on a hunt later. That That is obviously a joke, not serious. Yeah, obviously. What, what is a joke is you making me read that every episode. Thank you. I appreciate you. Every time I hear Sonny read that. Every time. Thank you. I just want you to know, I was reading off the patron names. I couldn't look at him when I said that. <laughs> I could not look at him. Anyway, let's get back to the ban list. So if we're making ban list predictions... I would like everybody to go through and give just a really quick, without putting too, too much thought into it, a quick, like, what you think needs to be addressed on the ban list. Uh, we can start with you, Dylan. Okay. I think uh, uh, Celestial, Dagda. Um, I think uh, I'm tired, dude. I hate prank kids. Doodle-doo is going to one. Um, bye-bye. I'm fine with that. Um, 
I think, it, honestly, I think it's tough but fair. Yeah. I don't think they're going to do anything to the Brave Engine. I think it's fine. I actually think the Brave Engine is pretty okay. Um, I think every deck can play it pretty much in the format, so it's not like unfair or anything. As someone who does not own the Brave Engine, I disagree. Continue. Oh. All right. Uh, well, you get to burn people for like 36 within the first two turns, so I don't want to hear it. Um, By the end of their turn, <laughs> I have definitely burned for 36. Uh, I remember we were at a 3v3 tournament. I looked to the side to Austin. I said, hey, Austin, I'm about to burn this man for almost half his life points. And he looked at me. He said, do what? <laughs> <laughs> and sure enough, like by the middle of his main phase one, he was at 4,400 life. It was great. Um, yeah, I think it's those two cards. I think Dagda and Scythe. Or not Dagda and Scythe. Dagda and Celestial. Um... I think Predaplant is an issue for another day. But besides that, I think you're going to see things happen on the semi-limits. And, and that's probably about it. Yeah, I think that that's fair. I Personally, I think Scythe is more the problem card than Dagda. But I understand why you say that it'll be Dagda. Because Scythe is getting reprinted in the Despia structure deck. Yeah, and like, uh, so Scythe fills a specific role for like control decks sometimes when the format's too fast because uh, Sanctum's a fair card in my opinion when you summon Scythe it's, it's when you put Scythe in the combo deck and it's consistent that's right. when it becomes unfair because um, they, they had the crackback of a control deck is way less than a crackback of a, a combo deck that just makes right. access code super consistently something else that I would like to put I would like to Bring this to each of your attentions. What about Pot of Prosperity? Is that is that a limitable card? Think about how... Okay. No. Okay. Let me explain why, right? This is a reasonable take, I think. And this explain actually, yourself. This actually comes from, believe it or not, an MBT stream that I saw earlier today. So they were watching deck profiles from a lot of the top 32 lists. And it was... It was clear that prosperity was in a ton of those lists why is that it's because in a time when you have so many different engines meshed into these decks it increases the consistency of seeing each individual engine because you need you basically need to see multiple engines to get things online even if you go three deep realistically in a debt in a in an in a deck where you have that many engines and you have that much consistency, going three deep and seeing another engine is so powerful. And I understand that you can't draw cards, but that's fine. I feel like you're explaining the reason that they printed the card though, right? Like, I mean, like they printed it to make... No, 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 no. You know, they printed it for decks like Dino and Flunder and Eldlich. But for a combo deck to be able oh, to take yeah. the... For, let, think about it. The Cody Angeloff deck, they said that Prosperity was like one of the best cards in the deck. Yeah, Why? It's a, it's a very good card. Because it lets you see all of your engines more consistently. I, I, I don't... I, you know, I it think... It makes the pile deck stronger. I think it itself was made specifically for combo, actually. Like, because of the fact that it doesn't restrict you... F like, pot of duality. It doesn't restrict you from special summoning. It only restricts you from drawing... And half damage. And half damage. Again, half damage for a combo. Because combo can just outright kill you. Like, um... 
I think the card was very tailor-made for it. I think the reason that Pot of Desires went to one was because it was too generic. Like, in all honesty. Like, the card, all it required you was to not play um, one-ofs that you couldn't have banished. Right. Like, it was it was just too generically. And also being a plus one, which Prosperity is not a plus one, and technical card advantage. Right. Um, now you could like go into where I, where I like reside and have like theoretical card advantage because you know what card you're getting. So it's better, but let's just not go there because that <laughs> involves, yeah. Um, but now, uh, no, I just, I think being a plus one, being more generic, not caring about anything at all. You can still draw after you activate pot of desires. You still have full damage after you activate pot of desires. It just requiring you to maybe not play that very specific one of that you absolutely need for a combo. Like even in the 10 year deck with one despot, they're still playing desires. Right. Yeah. I do think though that prosperity increasing the absolute consistency of these decks is a problem. And if they're willing to limit desires for that problem, then they should be willing to really take a hard look at prosperity for that same problem. I just don't, I just don't agree with it. Like, uh, I think desires was a hard, a hard, uh, cast for me also. Like, I don't think they should limit desires. I get why they did it. Maybe. I think prosperity is way bigger of a problem than desires was honestly. I, I don't know. I, I guess that's just a personal preference. Thing. Yeah. I just, I think there should just be like cards like that in the format that decks could play. And I think this prosperity does a lot of negative that makes it, also, it helps Flunder way too much, and Flunder can go die in a hole. Well, I mean, to be honest with you, if you're talking about Flunder, just bye-bye D-Shifter, dude. Like, for real. Like, dude, I would honestly be you, fine bro. with that. Let me droll you. <laughs> <laughs> dude, D-Shifter can go, honestly. I- I'm going to be honest with you. I think Lancia, Droll, and D-Shifter could all just go, and I'd be happy. I, I think that <sighs> being able to See. activate turn-long floodgates, like, I'm fine with something like Ash with Ghost Ogre, because they require thought process. I don't think those cards require I think, thought process. I think the thing is, you gotta realize, like, also, like, usually if you're playing, like, a, a deck that those hurt, like, you're probably playing something unfair. Like, really unfair. Like, just to... So? Like, it's like, it's like the same reason people are like, oh, well, you know, I don't like the, the PK deck because, you know, it has, like, all these bricks. But it's like, the reason would... that it has all these bricks is it has to. Like, the, the reason that the, the Fusion Destiny engine has all these bricks that you can draw that you don't want to draw is because the engine's so powerful like of course like you've got to have like a negative side to it like you you know what i mean like you've got to play these cards that are just not good right um but uh no i i think like lancia droll those cards come in when decks are unfair and they're doing crazy things and you might not feel like it but Sword Soul, Tinny's unfair. <laughs> Here's my thing. Because any deck in Yu-Gi-Oh! that has to be tier 1 or can or is tier 1 is unfair in some way. I think that all of the combo enablers could, would, could get limited and banned just as easily as all of the floodgates getting limited and banned. And I would be happy if both happened. I mean, that that's fair. Uh, I mean, I, I kind of agree. I kind of agree with Dylan on this where, you know uh dagda uh 
drawing a blank what else they'd be like I, I pretty much agree with that but i i disagree with um sunny's uh, whole prosperity thing personally i hate you both however you do make very valid points on it i think so too a very valid i think points. prosperity is actually a problem when it's used to a that kind of a degree it's a really strong card uh, my biggest issue with the argument, though, is I haven't even had a chance to get them because I haven't reprinted it yet. <laughs> Honestly. Um, but in all seriousness, I, it is a very powerful card, but it's 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 definitely one of those things. Um, right. Yeah. Um, give me one second here. I'm trying to like properly arrange my words here. I say that English is my first language. Um <laughs> But, like, I also agree that uh, Scythe is a problem, but I kind of think Dagda is a little bit bigger of a problem. Just just because it's so generic, it's easily, you know, fetched out of the extra deck. And then even if you're not running Scythe, you can still set a, set a Lancia. And then yeah. Lancia lock your opponent for free. Yeah. Um, Which I have actually done in PK, was make Dagda, Scythe lock pass... And then, uh, as soon as they activate something, uh, or, like, whenever I activate my, uh, like, let's activate my DP, or I'll, ch- I'll, like, DP chain Dagda, Dagda set, Lancia, DP pop both Scythe and Lancia to Scythe and Lancia lock them. Right. Which you can entirely do. And it's disgusting that you can do that. I think that the game is in a really interesting spot. I, I think that the format is actually pretty fun. But there's a couple of things that I would like to see happen. I would like to see the usual stuff that I just said. I would like to see Scythe gone. I would like to see Verte gone. Oh, I'm actually kind of fine with Halkororodon, and I promise it's not just because I'm playing it in my deck. I also think that Prosperity should probably get limited, and I mean, if I'm really trying to fix the format, I probably also limit Magician Souls, Rite of Aramisir, and Water Enchantress. But I don't think they'll do any of that. First of all, I don't think Magician Souls is ubiquitous enough of a card to actually warrant the limit. I don't think it's in literally every list, although it is in a lot of lists. Vast majority of them. Right. And as good as I think the adventure package is, it's still entirely too new. Although it is bordering tier zero potential, so they could say that it gets a limit just based off of the actual tournament level results because when you really look at it adventure is winning 50 percent of current regionals and they just want a ycs and it's i mean it's prank kids but like it's adventure right yeah yeah adventure is part of it adventure is in over 70 percent of regional topping deck lists right now which uh, is crazy. At what point does that do, does a de- is a, a deck considered tier zero? Is it 60, 65. 65. Yeah. Yeah. So as far as an engine, it's tier zero. Right. But not a deck in and of itself, which is interesting. It's, it's it is an interesting thing, but Has when the- you really look at it, that, that kind of happened. That kind of was the same thing with Zodiac, right? Um, Zodiac was in and of itself a strong engine, sure. But was it an actual... I mean, sure, it was a deck. Yes, obviously it was a deck. But it was really used as an engine in a lot of different decks. You had Kaizu. You had all kinds of things. Yeah, but at the same time, it wasn't a... um, How many cards is that? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight card engine. You could run it pure. 
in its own deck and it's yeah you could you can't do that with brave it is exclusively an engine nothing more which is interesting because then that brings up um the power of decks versus the power of individual engines right 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 like can an engine itself be tier zero you know that that kind of thing that's which is a, a whole hour-long conversation in and of itself, really. Yeah, I, I think that the DPE engine needs to be addressed. The side lock needs to be addressed. The the I honestly think that the floodgates and the Eldritch deck need to be addressed. Also, adventure needs to be floodgate person. Yeah, uh, but also like uh, the adventure uh, engine also needs to be addressed. But they're not going to do that because it's way too new. Right. Um, I don't think they're going to touch Scythe again because it's going to get reprinted the structure deck just recently. They might do something about Dagda. And that's a big might with like asterisks. Yes. Like Discord asterisk where it italicizes it might do something. Um, Hulk, they probably need, they probably need to do something about Hulk. Something, but I don't think they're going to. I mean, at that point, do you hit Hulk or do you hit a Rordon? I, hmm. Cause like the decks that are running Hulk, about eighty, about eighty to ninety percent of them are also running, are doing it for Roared on Despot stuff. Um, there are a couple of decks that are running Hulk and not, uh, and that's primarily Striker with Celine, because they can tutor out uh, 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 Effect Veiler. God, I couldn't remember the word Effect Veiler to make Celine to go into access code. They use it as an access as a way to build to build up an access. Would code. you say that they use that as a way to access access code? It's a way. No. It's a way they access the code of access code. Talker, yo, dog. I heard you like access. Man, listen, listen. I'm playing a whole lot of Digimon, um, Digimon's uh, Cyber Sleuth and Hacker's Memory. So, <laughs> whoo. All right. Listen, that'll do it for today's episode of the Top Cut Yu-Gi-Oh! Podcast. Thank you so, 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 so much for listening to our ramblings. And be sure to check out our Patreon and TCG Flare affiliate links in the description down below. Be sure to check out ETB Game. Be sure to check out, of course, the homies team Dark Arm Dealings. You can find them doing tournament coverage and... The, their link to their YouTube is in our description down below. And with... I would, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'd like to shout my boy Cam Cam. First regional ever. Got top 16. That's what's up. He yeah. did better than I did. Heck yeah. Alrighty. And with that said, thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the podcast. We hope you have a great weekend and we'll see you back on Tuesday. Take care, everyone. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.